Features up, rolling, sound speeds, and action. All right, all right. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth episode of The Fourth Wall. Oh, I thought this was a home network. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Do your thing. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I'm not using any of that. Oh, that damn it. <laughs> no. Oh, man. All right. Well, okay. I know we're starting laughing, but I guess we probably need to start on a bit of a somber note. Uh-huh. Uh, I know the for people listening, we record these like about a week early, right? So you're hearing this the week after, but for us, this kind of just happened a few days ago, and we lost a great one. Mr. Stanley. Star has fallen. Moment of silence. I think in that moment of silence, I'm going to put like a like a web shot sound or something. Like a, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. Oh, man. The great Stanley. Have you ever seen a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Somber moment. Somber. Oh, so I don't know about you guys, but that that was that was a bit of a hit for me losing Stan. I mean, it's it wasn't like a shocking hit because it's. I mean, yeah, when you're when there. you're ninety five, we kind of know it's coming. He's had he's had health issues for a while, and we've known it was on its way. But man, I just started like reflecting back on what he meant to society and just all of us as a whole like he's really shaped so many generations of people well it took a big toll on me too i mean i did read the comics and when i heard that he passed i was not shocked but at the same time shocked yeah you know like you said we all saw it coming right but what are we gonna do now for cameos like oh, oh yeah I, I don't I, think i'd be able to see I, Every time I see him, like, where's he at? Where's he at? Right. Ah, there he is, you know. And I know he has, I think, the next two already filled. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. The, the next Avengers, and I think maybe the Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel or, or was it the Spider-Man? I don't know. What, or well, I think Spider-Man, yeah, I think Spider-Man was the next movie, right? That's where Tom Holland comes back? No, the, the next film is going to be, uh, for the MCU, it's yeah. going to be Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then immediately followed by the Avengers uh, 4. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, because the Captain Marvel ones is a flashback. It's like back in the 80s. Are they really in it? Okay. Let's oh. Well, actually, we could get theirs. Do you think it's going to be back like um, how they did uh, oh, like the DC one, uh, Wonder Woman? Mm. Like back, back. We're going to get the actual origin? I think we're getting her origin. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I'm hoping that they really go the whole like Cree route mm-hmm. and really give us that origin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's from what I've heard, it's supposed to be the origin, it's like in the eighties, young Sam Jackson, young Phil Colson, young like all of nah, that's gonna yeah. be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that they really do the whole like Marvel thing and I don't think a lot of people know about that. Oh, they don't. What is Marvel? Uh, there we go. Is that like a cake like Carvel? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm pretty close, right? You're yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really uh, close I, to not being right. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a super cake. That's what it super is. Super cake, man. They sell that. You, it, uh, you eat it factory? and then you can fly. Where is? They actually sell it at Ralph's. <laughs> oh, it's Ralph's next to the tiramisu. It's right next. to <laughs> Okay, so it's like one of the six ninety nine. It's the one floating, <laughs> levitating. See, I never wanted Glowing. to actually buy one of those because I was like, do I really want that? Now I know to get it. Cool. Thanks, man. It's gonna be on sale for Thanksgiving. All right. So who is Carvel? Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. I don't even think I should spoil it for you. I think I should make you wait to see. But nah. Wait, but Marvel, do you think they would actually? I'm, I'm hoping they really I'm hoping ju- dive into 
the, the a lot character Marvel. Yeah, because a lot of people in the in the theater are gonna be like, "Oh, who's this guy?" That's or, why. Oh, see, oh, it's a guy. I'm thinking. No, 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 because she is Captain Marvel, but it. She got her powers from this guy Marvel. Well, I, okay, I feel better now. I thought I spoiled something, but oh, okay. Keep going. I, I yeah. honestly thought I was going a different direction. Like she was a guy, and then now she's a girl. I was like, no, oh. what is 2019? Yeah, well, not in the movie. It's gonna be in the 80s. Oh yeah, it's the 90s. Oh god, long century. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, before we dive into the superhero stuff, mm. I wanted to tell you guys I went to the movies. <gasps> And I saw Widows. You saw a movie? What? <laughs> yes. yes saw I saw Widows. Crazy. I saw Widows. You guys have to watch this movie. Why? <laughs> it is literally, it's like the culmination of our three worlds and the best of it. It is super strong acting all across the board. Amazing directing and amazing cinematography. Oh, and here I thought you were talking about Scarlett Johansson. What? That's the, I thought I was talking about Boy Meets World. Not Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> Just go sit down Just in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, I, I won't give anything away because I'm going to make you guys watch this movie. It's that good. But it's it's really that Damn. good. And especially from a, a directing and a cinematography standpoint, they do some stuff in here that I don't think I've seen before. They're, You're treading on... Mm, okay. All right. They're, I am totally like all on board with Steve McQueen movies now. Like mm. I'm totally, like I really just, there were some of the choices they were making for shots were just, it was stuff that you wouldn't expect. Like there were certain scenes where they would completely skip out doing coverage and they would just stick with like an establishing master for the whole scene. Wow. And you know it was, that, you know, that kind of reminds me of, have you seen uh, murder on the Orient express? I have yes. not seen that. Yes. I saw that with my mom. Oh man, they, Very good some movie. of their yeah. shots, I, I would say some of their shots too was like just holding on certain shots rather than just cut, 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 cut. Mm-hmm. And you were was expecting more it too. You were yeah, expecting you were it absolute, never came. Absolutely. Oh, that's, okay. that's actually a really good movie that yeah. needs, to, yeah, needs more praise. I was going to say that it was, it was almost reminiscent of like early Tarantino. Oh, where yeah. he has the single, like the, uh, what's of, it called? Like, uh, like the Reservoir Winners? Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that one scene in Reservoir Dogs where it's the, the whole scene is happening in a room down the hall, but the camera is at the other end of the hall and you're just like shooting down the hallway and watching it happen in the mirror. It's like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. They but, did something like that in Django, I remember. Yeah, yeah Tarantino likes doing yeah, stuff like that. But there's one scene in Widows where literally, and they, they do a lot of one-take stuff. Love uh, it. And love it. There's, there's one scene where they're coming from one location and two characters get in a car Right. And they're having a conversation in the car as they're driving to the other location. The other location is like several blocks away. The entire time, the camera stays on the hood of the car, filming the outside of the street as they're driving. And you hear the conversation happening as they're driving from one location and landing at the other and actually getting out of the car at the second location. So it's one take from one location to the other. Nice. I mean, I think Tim can see this too, how they can possibly make that happen, but it's just so phenomenal on how they actually pull it off. Yeah. The choice is all about the choice. Like anybody could have just shot in the car, Right, that whole song and dance, but yeah, that sounds like an amazing and, shot. And the thing, and from my standpoint, right, I was looking at it like, okay, what's the reason for doing this, right? Yeah. And to me, the reason was to show for for those characters and where they were and where they were going. It was to show uh, just how 
close in proximity those two places were and how different they are. Cause it's, it's very, mm, it was very much yeah. like leaving the poor side of town and going to the rich side of town. Oh, how close. But it's showing that you can do that in a minute and a half <laughs> in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of showing the separation. The, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the juxtaposition of this class of people versus this class of people and how separate they are, even though they live literally minutes away from each other. Yeah. Right. So I think that was artistically what they were trying to show there. But the fact that, I mean, and even when it, the camera's on the hood of the car and it's, it's filming as it's driving, like at one point they, it, it's, you know, it's on one side, it's looking at one side of the car and then they turn the corner and the camera rotates to the other side of the car. And now you're seeing it from that. It's just like, it's just such a great shot. And there were so many good like mirror shots and good angles where there's one of the, in one of the final scenes of the movie, Henry and, and, this isn't ruining anything, but I know, <laughs> I know that you were going to look at it and I wish you were sitting next to me when I saw it. So we could have both been like, oh. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how they did the one in John Wick, the mirror scene. Oh yeah. No. There's two mirror scenes in the second John. Yeah. Second John Wick where I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. All those mirrors. Yes. This yeah. one isn't more so a, a how they do it. Mm. It's just, Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like do that. It was one of those <laughs> things where you're like, you look at it and you're just thinking everything is just set up so perfectly to give you this shot, but nobody else would have thought to do this shot. Yeah. You know, it was just, it's so well done. And I, I honestly wish that the two of you were free this evening so that we could just leave here and go watch it. Cause I would watch it again right now. It's that good. Wait, this is not that one movie you told us about last week, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see it. Yeah. With Viola Davis yeah. and Liam oh, Neeson yeah. and all of them. Yeah. The Ocean's eight remake basically. No, 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 thanks. Don't you share. I will not see it. Nope. (laughs) No, do not. No, like seriously. And what I really love about it. And honestly, this might, you know what we should do next week, next episode, we should do an episode all about great female performances. I'm down Uh, because the, the stars of this film are the, the women, it's the Viola Davis and Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It's, I remember. Very female heavy then. Yeah. Like. It's, I mean, it's called Widows, <laughs> you know? <laughs> widowers. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, uh, no, Widows. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> Let's um, get it right. Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> several of them. Okay. Johansson's. Jo- the Johansons. Yeah. Why does it sound like a black film? <laughs> no, it sounds like a music group, Johansson's. <laughs> oh, sounds like Johansson's a beer. and Friends. Sounds like a bar, actually. Oh, All right, man, anyway, cool bar. Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah no, we definitely should. And it, it's just, it's, it's really strong through and through. It, it, it really, it's, it's up there now with one of my favorites of the year. Nice. And there's a lot. We need to at some point talk about this guy, um, because somebody that I think is going to be a force to be reckoned with very soon, if not already. Daniel Kaluuya, the lead from Get Out. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is in that too. He puts on such a good performance in this. And he actually plays a really good bad guy. Wow. Oh, he's a bad guy. guy. Oh, now I really want to see it. Because I remember first seeing him in Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. He did really well. And no one really said anything about it. I was like, I've never seen him before, but... I could see him doing a lot of other stuff. And I'm glad he actually is doing a bunch of other things now. Yeah. Especially I mean, the villain. I got to see this now. You know, he was strong in Get Out. He was strong in Black Panther, right? Yeah. Strong in mm-hmm. all these things. But this role, there's just, 
there is an intensity in his eyes that is just like, yo, damn, I'm scared of you and I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, damn. he really. Oh, man, we, we, we got to talk about him very soon. Dude, okay. Tim, cancel your shoe. Let's just go watch it. I'm kind of down, actually. Yeah. All, All right. right. I got Look, homework. Don't right. play with me because yeah. I am down. <laughs> I guess I got to hit a couple people up. Be like, hey, let's, let's move this over. <sighs> All right. So I guess or now we'll, we'll go into our superhero episode and actually talk about superheroes. Actual superheroes. <laughs> that is the goal here. Uh, uh, okay. So with Stan's passing, it got me thinking about the superhero culture as a whole, right? And then got me thinking about how that relates to us, right? And our work. And I know for me, it's always been a huge dream to play a superhero. I got relatively close yeah. <laughs> recently. That yeah. was close. Um, Closer than us. <laughs> but uh, it got me thinking, what are those standout superhero performances that just resonate with you guys that you just can't forget whether good guy bad guy whatever just doesn't have to be marvel but just what are those performances from superhero films or tv shows or whatever that just really did it for you for me outside uh, of heath ledger's joker oh outside (laughs) of that well then there's nothing no (laughs) oh we can't really talk about well we could but i don't think i want to bring up daredevil because we talked about that already that performance but i would say that would be one of my the charlie cox yes. daredevil yeah i would say that's my top one right now over, oh yes oh everybody else right over now everybody oh. else i've watched like what you saw when you came in i was re-watching the whole daredevil series and i'm at defenders right now i mean i've already seen it but mm. going through it i i just love the way he played that role i love the uh i loved how daredevil is i love how it's different from the comics but the same Mm. I love how it just, uh, it went dark. Yeah. It went really dark. Mm-hmm. I just, overall, and of course, being a cinematographer, the color palette, the action sequence, like everything, the camera that. work. Yeah. It, I think that's why I'm biased. Oh, man. But the, the, the colors in the Defender series, yes. man. I love that every scene of that, depending on who was the main focus of the scene, it was their color scheme. Right. Yeah. So Luke shows up and it's yellow rooms the, the rooms are all lit yellow and when That's daredevil cool. shows up the rooms are all lit red it's like oh man it was beautiful so good now you're making me not want to watch it you should if i'm not in it watch it dude i'm on it <laughs> <laughs> kidding me uh you know one that did it for me danny devito's penguin <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah dude that fool he, he did the flop and everything oh, he flopped man. it yeah that's how he normally walks but he, he, <laughs> that, that was nose great. That hair? Yeah, oh, yeah, you know what? That was a good one. That was, For me, honestly, though, the, the entire Batman Returns film and cast, like, I still think if you delete The Dark Knight, arguably Batman Returns is the greatest Batman film we, we have. Mm. Why is that? I just think from, the, from an adaptation standpoint, right? From writing to directing to acting and casting and the characters, I just think that's probably the closest we've ever gotten to really seeing the Batman comics on screen. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. that Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, the way Keaton was doing that, that Batman just, oh man, it was just, it all came together. It all came together. Christopher Walken, like, oh man. <laughs> I forget what kind of cast was actually in that movie. Yeah, it was a phenomenal cast. Yeah. It really was. Uh, any others? Oh, I gotta say, Benedict Cumberbatch in uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, oh, okay. Love his performance because, like, I it's one like 
one thing I liked about his superhero, or I guess his character, is that he didn't. He wasn't the guy that you know came from nothing and didn't have. It was down the dumps and then got mm-hmm. a power. This guy was a surgeon. He was really well off and he was doing fine. Mm-hmm. But I love it how a character like that thinks he's on the top of the world and then realizes just how small he is yeah. compared to everything else. And like that to me is a is a big superhero. Well, well, how would you compare that with Iron Man then? Because you're talking about down, like starting off from the bottom. And then oh, going think, up, but they're somewhat similar. Oh yeah, no, I. If think, you're saying it in that aspect, but that's why I think a character like him, and uh, same way like Iron Man, like you think you have it all until you realize you don't, mm, right? Like, and then you realize there, there's more things out there than what you have that is more fulfilling. And I think superheroes like that is ones I really appreciate. Yeah, you know, sticking with the MCU, uh, similar, but I feel that way about the. First Thor, Hemsworth playing Thor in the first film. Okay. <laughs> I think it's I think it's underappreciated what he was able to bring to that because we've seen him in so many other iterations since then that the character has grown so much and is more very much so you know assimilated to Earth ways and things and but that first film where he didn't really know what was going on and he you know he's like slamming mugs on the ground and <laughs> another. saying Bring me another like those that was so Thor yeah. You know, yeah, he was pretentious. He was, yeah. Just, and then you see, you will, you kind of see it humble out throughout the other uh, right. wars, which I love too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's no, that one. that really did it for me. Okay, I got one for you. This one still stands the test of time to me. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock in Spider Man Two. Oh, he was an interesting villain. He like how he became the villain. Yeah, I still think of that that early Spider Man series. I think Spider Man Two is still the best one. Okay, so so, how much more? Okay, why would you say it's better than the first one? I think it's kind of the the all around story of it, and and plus the the villain was to me was just way better. Mm. Uh, and I've you know mentioned you guys before how I feel it's harder for me to connect to a movie where I don't think the villain is that great. And I think in the first one they got rid of Goblin too soon, mm-hmm. um, but the second one was just. You know, it's also that thing where even though this this was the first time we were really getting these Spider-Man films, I liked the starting point of the second one, you know, where he's where he was at as a hero, where he was at in in just his mindset and what he was struggling with and all the stuff with Mary Jane, even though it should have been Gwen Stacy at that point. (laughs) All of those (laughs) things. Yeah, not not nitpicking. And ignoring the fact that he was shooting web out of his actual wrist, <laughs> that still bugs the hell out of me. That uh, they, bug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. It's just that that whole film. I think start to finish. I think that was just. I think it still is up there. And for that era of superhero films, before we switch into the MCU DCEU era, before, like everything pre-Nolan, right? I know mm. Nolan is in DCEU, but everything pre-Nolan, I think the the movies that stand at the highest in that era would be Spider-Man 2 and X2. X2. Yeah. I, I personally think X-Men 2 was whew, up wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. X2 was decades ago, so yeah. I'm trying to remember what... Because I... I was X2 the one where, no, that's, sorry, that's X1, where the guy, he, like, was trying to take away the mutant power by, like, that big-ass, like, uh, whatever machine he made. 
and then yeah, Nightcrawler. That, that was the first yeah, one. Yeah, no, the okay. one with Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that, okay. And that's another one that I was gonna I was, was gonna, gonna talk help. about with freaking well, Alan Cummings. Nightcrawler was perfect. But going back to Spider Man, I actually had a question. So, do you think we could have eliminated Spider Man one and be okay with starting off with Spider Man two and up? In that era, no, no. So we needed the first Spider Man. We, we couldn't it, have like we needed an origin story. Yeah, and at that point, you got to remember this was at that time the resurgence of, or maybe not even resurgence. This was the the starting point of the big superhero blockbusters, mm-hmm. right? Everything before that was kind of kitschy and nobody really paid attention to them. Or it was even a show too. Like, like the Incredible Hulk wasn't a movie. It was a show. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, you're talking about like 80s, 80s type yeah. stuff, right? But as far as the big movies go, sure, we had superhero movies, but they weren't, they yeah, weren't no. there. I mean, this we're still talking, we're talking after the Batman series, we're talking after all the, the Batman and Robins, Batman Forever's and all that, where they started getting really to the point where you were kind of making fun of those movies. Wait, 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 we'll quick, we'll quick, um, insurgent. Um, would you consider still Superman though? One of those blockbuster movies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause my thing, well, like, but you're, a, but you're talking about what the Christopher Reeves? Yeah. Those Superman's? Oh yeah. But I mean, now we're talking, what, but you don't think that was one of those 70s, like eighties. Yeah. But you don't think that was like, cause I'm trying to see the distinction between like a real superhero movie that was meant to like continue on with like other like, Breakoffs and all this stuff, like mm-hmm. how it is now with Marvel and how they're doing it. basically everyone's or the, the shared universe, right? Yeah. Do you think because that was not a shared universe movie, you wouldn't consider that a present day superhero movie because it doesn't fall in line with other stories and other storylines? No, 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 I wouldn't say that at all. I think it's totally fine to have those series that are siloed out. Mm. Uh, the the early Superman movies, the early Batman movies, what have you, even those early, that early Spider-Man trilogy, that, that wasn't connected to the rest of the Marvel universe, yeah. you know? Because um, the, the whole term universe, as far as movies goes, was never really brought onto until, you know, like Iron Man was coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that was the goal of MCU, you know? And then we can get super technical and start talking about the characters that Marvel had sold away to the other companies. And that's why they had to come back with they had to start the MCU with people like Iron Man and Hulk because they didn't own the X-Men. They didn't own Spider-Man. They didn't own Fantastic Four. Yeah. Those were other studios that had him. And they're just now starting to get those back into their, you know, their, their ownership or at least their creative control. Um, but yeah, I just, the, the reason that I say that, the Spider-Man film was uh, like a, a flagship in really changing and, and restarting that era is because it was the first huge moneymaker. Yeah, it did pretty as well. As far as th- that superhero era and those movies. It was, I mean, it made so much money. And they all subsequently made less. Oh, the third one was terrible. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, even... Box office wise, they 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 made less moving forward, and even the Andrew Garfield ones kept on the traje- trajectory of making less than the last one. So ah. Spider Man one, then two, then three, then Amazing Spider Man one and two, they all went down in the amount of money they made, <laughs> yeah. which was part of the argument that you know Marvel Studios was able to use in in helping you know acquire that creative control back and why we now have the Tom Holland version, which I think is the best of the, uh, the, the, the best of the Spider-Man that we've seen on 
on screen. Okay. Well, going back Personally. to your theory then, uh, let's say, when did Spider-Man come out? The original one? Like 2000? 2000? <sighs> Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so, so early. pre-MCU then, let's say yeah. that Homecoming came out instead. Do mm-hmm. you think it would have been a great hit? Because no. that wasn't an origin. No. Why? Because I don't think that the movie goers were ready for that yet. Mm, okay. You know movie what I mean? goers as far as... So everyone's already familiar with the MCU and or somewhat familiar. Right. I, I don't even think that if you were springboarding Spider-Man with Homecoming as the first MCU film, like mm-hmm. before Iron Man, I don't think it would have worked the same then either. Mm-hmm. It only really worked that way because we are now already indoctrinated in this mindset of these are these characters their worlds combine they go together right so it's because sure comic book fans would have been ready right because we know what these things mean and and we know the origins enough and we're not really like it doesn't bother us to see gwen stacy versus mary jane or what you know all those (laughs) kind of like little things right but the average moviegoer they have no idea the people that aren't the comic book fans, they yeah, don't know. Why, yeah, Tim doesn't know. Yeah, I, that's why I, <laughs> and the reason, that, I would have no idea. Right. Like, I didn't, I didn't think Spider-Man shooting webs at his literal wrists was an issue. Right. Oh. And a lot of people yeah. didn't, right? And What's exactly. in the cartoon, too? Have you seen the cartoon? Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. the cartoon, but that's why, like, but yeah. that's why you've seen the cartoon. The Amazing Spider-Man cartoon? No, 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 just the uh, Spider-Man. I think it came out. No, on. he had web shooters in the cartoon. Yeah, he did. It he was did? not. It was yeah, not it was a, uh, he created the cartridges in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But that's why I've seen that. Oh, cartoon. I thought that's you why. said that he was shooting out of his no, wrist. No, in the no, 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 no. I'm talking about the cartridges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even seeing that and knowing that was how Spider-Man really was, even seeing it where it was a mutation in his body, mm-hmm. that wasn't something for me. I was just like, well, wait a second. Like, no, that that can't happen. Like, right? Because I saw it as more of like, okay, this is not the cartoon. This is like if they actually. It was more of a more of a storytelling uh, prose than rather than mm-hmm. being true to an actual comic or an even a show series that was more true than the actual movie. Right, and that's the thing about that early era of those superhero films. You talk about the Spider Man, talk about the X Men movies, and all that, where they had these properties that they knew could do very well, but they were treating them more like standard Hollywood films than yeah. they were trying to be authentic to the source material which is why Marvel Studios came in and I think was so successful because they were the only company like Sony and Fox had no vested interest in the movies being authentic to the comics because they're not selling comics. True. Right. But Marvel Studios is also it's Marvel. They're also selling the comics so they can as long as they make it pair well, they can get you on both sides. Right. They can sell you on the movie and then you go buy the comic and vice versa. So there was that vested interest in making it all cohesive. And it's also the only way you can make it a shared universe is really staying true to the source material. Right. Right. Cause then cause I'm sure in the comic book, they do cross over. So you'd have to kind of like go by oh, it yeah. in any way all the time. But you, you look back at all the things they got wrong in some of those movies, like we're talking about Spider-Man or like in the X-Men movies, the characters they got wrong or the powers that they <laughs> dampened or relationships that they sparked that were never a thing. It's just like you, you watch it. And as the true fans, we were like, why, why are they doing that? Why <laughs> is rogue having a relationship with Iceman? Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how we were watching it. But I understood from a Hollywood standpoint, they were just trying to 
put in a nice little love story in here. Romance. Yeah. And so that's that's how they thought of it. But now we're actually getting the characters in their true world, you know, and you you see just how much that actually started to hurt the other franchises after, you know, things like the MCU started kicking off because you look at the X-Men franchise, right? By the time they get to Days of Future Past, at the end of that, they reset the whole timeline. Yeah. They got rid of all that stuff they did in the past <laughs> that was wrong. Yeah. And none of it's canon anymore because they were like, yeah, we yeah, we, we, we should have done that. <laughs> you know, it's like... But they're able to, yeah. Yeah. Because they totally messed up all the timelines of that. You go to the Wolverine origin movie where they have Gambit oh, in like the 60s or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, what? What? First of all, why is he in one scene? <laughs> Second, because he was one of my favorite X-Men characters. Yeah. And I was just like, you just completely underused him and then you put him in the wrong era. Now he can't actually be in the relationship he needs to be in later on where it's supposed to be him and Rogue and like all these things where, you know, you, they just couldn't do it right because they they weren't thinking about it from a fan standpoint. Yeah. Right. What'd you think of Rogue? In the, the early X-Men movies? Mm-hmm. I thought Anna Paquin did a good job as Rogue. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch them? Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> I'm going to ask that again. Did you watch? <laughs> did you really watch them, Tim? That was one where you had like an iron suit. and. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> of course I watched it. <laughs> but what'd you think? <laughs> that was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> what'd you think of Rogue? I think she was a weak character. Why? I think she was just too complainy, too like dependent on love, that, Logan. Yeah, that's what and I like, as. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, you were asking more what I thought about the the way they did the character. Yeah, not necessarily. Okay, I'm sorry. I have, yeah, I should have. She seemed like a very like like prepubescent, like I'm going through shit kind of stuff, and I, I just didn't like it. Yeah, no. That, I mean, they definitely. I mean, that whole series, they treated all those characters wrong. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It, it was and it was so it hurt me watching those series, even when they were doing stuff well. What hurt to me was that everybody was casted very well. Mm. I think that those early X-Men movies did some of the best casting for all of those characters. They just then wrote the characters wrong. <laughs> you know, when you think about Ian McKellen's Magneto, right? Or Patrick Stewart's Xavier, you know. Hugh Jackman's Logan, Holly Berry's Storm, all these, these are all great casting choices for these characters. And then you write the characters wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, you're wasting it. You almost had it. (laughs) You almost had it. They got some right. I think like going back to the Alan Cummings, you know, Nightcrawler, I thought that was done really well. What'd you think of uh, Cyclops? I thought that was a good Cyclops too. Mm. I mean, it was a, it, it sucked that they forced him to be stuck in that love triangle storyline the whole time oh. when that really shouldn't have been a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Spice it up. Yeah, but uh, it, that was the era we were in in filmmaking that that was what they felt they needed to do was throw in that to arbitrary love triangle because that's what you did in movies then, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I don't know. Okay, I got some, some more standouts that I wanted to mention uh, to kind of break off a little bit and ones that maybe people don't think about as much. What about Hit Girl in Kick-Ass? Oh, Chloe Morris. I think she played a phenomenal Hit Girl. Right? Phenomenal. He's phenomenal a lot. I just noticed that. Yeah. But she, I mean, she did a great job. Well, what, okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Because she is a child actress. Mm-hmm. What would you consider 
memorable about it, or at least really good to be noteworthy. I I just think that it was a super strong performance from Chloe. I I think it's the only, in my opinion, one of the only performances out of the whole out of both movies that's actually worth remembering. Uh, and it's just, I, I think it was a really good iteration of the character. You totally believed her mm. in that world. Okay. You know, and she exemplified hit girl really well, especially for her being when the first one came out, she had to be what? 11, 12. Oh yeah. wow. She was that young. Yeah. yeah. She was super young when the first one came out. Yeah. You talk about child, but I mean, she was very mature. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, Kyle, uh, he worked on, uh, what was it? The house of the clock in its walls. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Um, he was our our me, friend Kyle, by the way, yeah. for those listening. Mr. Kyle. He, hey, uh, Kyle. Um, <laughs> he was telling me how the main uh, child star, uh, little boy, I don't know the name. Yeah. But he was saying, like, for his age, you would think you were talking to, like, an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, that kid was well beyond his years as far as being mature. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I could totally see that. And, like, that makes sense why her uh, being an 11-year-old still played that really well. Makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, when I was 11, shit, I could, couldn't even tie my shoes yet, which is pretty bad. But, like... You probably should have been able to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> more like a five-year-old kind of thing. But I was 11, like, someone help. But, like, that's why you have, like, those Velcro shoes. But uh, getting past that... <laughs> is that why you still wear those? Yeah, man. I still can't tie my shoes. <laughs> no, like, like she, she, I think she did really well. But are you giving her any leeway because of her age? No. I'm not giving her a, a handicap for being a child. I, I think... No matter what her age, that was a solid performance mm-hmm. for that character. I feel the same way about uh, Daphne Keene, uh, X-23 in the Logan movie. Oh, okay. Because one thing I, I don't like is when people give kids praises. I know you're more versed on acting on that more mm-hmm. than most, but I don't like when people give kids praise just because they're kids and they act in the movie. Like, like in The Grinch, mm-hmm. um, the little girl. I don't think she did like... Like the oh was Taylor the, Momsen yeah. yeah I mean she she's a great actress she did a good job but I don't think it was like the most crazy good performance that anyone's ever given no mm-hmm. yeah. but you know people give her praise because she's a kid and she did a good job yeah no there there definitely is a bit of sometimes people will skew the accolades a, a bit higher for kids because you expect it from an adult so yeah. it's it's seen as almost less impressive right and so then a kid can do kind of half of it and since you expect even less you're like they, they over they overdid your expectations at that point. right yeah but i don't think that takes away from the fact that there are some kids out there doing some amazing performances yeah of course um and yeah i, I think those are a couple of examples i like don't get me wrong i don't think that the hit girl performance was you know something that's going to stand you know oh, like a test of time like we're gonna look back at it like man that she did a great job. I mean, no, I, I wasn't even going to say that. I was just going to say that it doesn't stand, you know, head and shoulders above every other performance in a comic book film, right? <laughs> yeah. But I still think it's very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my, 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 my personal thoughts. Um, I got one for you. This is, I don't know if either of you watched this or have seen it. Um, have you, do you guys watch the Gotham series? Nope. No. So... There is uh, this actor, uh, Cameron Monaghan. He is, he's one of the main characters, one of the main actors in the show Shameless. And in the Gotham series, he's actually playing 
they they do a bit of you know they make a lot of excuses if with the production of it uh but he basically is playing the origin of the joker oh shit uh-huh. and he, I, he's not the dad in shameless is he no no that's william h macy okay uh no cameron is he's early 20s so i'm trying to think of the shameless cast and like who from there could i see being in a gotham series but okay yeah yeah no here's the thing though even though they've made their like weird excuses about whether he is or isn't the Joker or if this character is really just inspiring the later Joker or if he's really going to be the Joker. There's been a lot of stuff like they kill the character off and then they bring him back and then now he has a twin and there's literally they've done so many things with it where I'm just (laughs) like, come on. But if you take it from, if you just tell yourself, forget what they're trying to tell me and that's the origin of the Joker and you watch it, honestly, might be my favorite iteration of the Joker on screen. Hmm. From a start to finish standpoint. I need to specify that one. The reason I say for me my favorite, because obviously you say something like that and people are like, blasphemy, Heath Ledger. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why I want to specify. Which I still think is funny because before, w- when they even announced the casting of Heath Ledger, they were like, blasphemy, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know. it's a good point. But... I think the reason that Cameron's performance of this character is my favorite iteration of it is because it's like a mix of all the other versions of the Joker we've seen. It's a mix of the Jack Nicholson. It's a mix of the Heath Ledger. And it's even, for me, what what makes it even more uh, standout is that it also includes some really good inspiration from the animated series. Because I think that Joker is one of the best we've seen on screen, right? But people don't talk about it because it's the cartoon. Right. But there's even one scene where in in Gotham where Cameron is standing over the the young Bruce character and he leans forward and does that lean where the Joker has his hands behind his back, like the animated series. And he does that. And it's something where we haven't seen any of the live action Jokers be that kind of Joker yet, right? And you, I watched it and I like, I screamed a little inside because I was like, oh my God, that's, that's the animated series Joker, mm-hmm. right? And then he has moments where he's a little more like Jack and moments where he's like Heath. And so it's just, it's such a well-rounded Joker performance, hmm. but it doesn't get talked about because it's in the Gotham series ah. and not as many people are watching it or, you know, you can have your feelings about the series. It's not the greatest. It's not bad, you know, but it's not the greatest. And they they kind of take a lot of creative liberties in places where I'm just like, you know, all, the the whole series takes place when Bruce is a kid, right? It's right. it's more so about you can almost say it's about how Commissioner Gordon becomes Commissioner Gordon. It's like it's like kind of more of that story. Um, but there are so many things that are happening where you're just like, well, if all of these villains are being introduced, then how are they still around in 20 years and how does nobody know who they are in 20 years? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing where you're like, what? Like in the show, in the pilot episode, they have Selena Kyle witness the murder of the Waynes. Oh, and I'm just like, what, why would she be there? And you know, when you have, you now have her and Bruce becoming really close as kids. And I'm like, 
So you mean to tell me that in 20 years when he's Batman and she's Catwoman, they don't know who each other are? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think, hmm, I, I, this looks familiar. <laughs> right? When they literally like have called her cat. <laughs> so it's just like, come on. So they took a lot of creative liberties there. But back to Cameron, I think uh, I'll show you guys some clips after we finish. Mm-hmm. And you'll see like it's so good. Mm. I just I don't know. It, I, for me, it's one of the standouts as far as. uh those comic performances go. And, you know, there's going to be a million of them, right? There's so many. And now there are. Yeah, there's so many good ones. And it's, it's funny because I look at those now and it makes me think about, we kind of touched on this earlier, but that era where people kind of laughed at you if you were in a superhero movie. Yeah. Right? Like and you they, weren't serious. Yeah, nobody really took it serious, especially when you got into the... Uh, the Batman and Robin era of those oh, movies, that, man. you know, where everybody you you look at that uh, that Arnold Mister Freeze, <laughs> you know, where you're just like chill, <laughs> chill. <laughs> <Big dude. laughs> so everybody was laughing at you then, right? Yeah. When you're in those, are you looking even as far as uh, the first Fantastic Four series? I don't completely agree that it's that that it's that bad. I think people kind of shit on that those movies more than they should. I think it was actually casted really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I still think it's, it was a better iteration. If you watch it now, you'll realize it was a better iteration than the new one they tried to do. Of course. <laughs> those <laughs> right? are getting worse. Yeah. But it's funny to me that now we're at a point where it is becoming really respectable to be in these superhero well, everyone movies. Everyone wants to be a, yeah, like the, the more, the whole universe era has totally flipped it on to here. Oh Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. I never really uh, thought of that or took notice that people were making fun of those superheroes. I, when you said it, I was like, oh, I never heard of this. Really? Yeah. Oh, when when yeah. I saw these movies, I was like, oh, man, like, I want to be an actor and be one of these superheroes. Fantastic. Well, the first one, not the second one. Right. <laughs> yeah. So looking at that, looking at Spider-Man, uh, Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. even the old Batmans, like, I, I never saw that. Yeah. And I mean, we were all so young, right? We were yeah, kids, so yeah. maybe we didn't, you know, maybe it didn't. People weren't really talking about it or that we would, you know, take notice right. to. But maybe it's because of the circles I was in where we, uh, you know, was having more uh, discussions yeah, yeah. about acting, mm-hmm. right? And it, it was definitely, you know, it was a time where those were just kind of being laughed at. I mean, mm. but it wasn't to the point where it was like, you know, career suicide to take one of those movies or anything like that. Yeah. It just wasn't the thing where, you were really hanging it on your mantle. Like, Oh yeah, I was green lantern. (laughs) Right. You know? Um, but now, I mean, you're at a point where not only does everyone want to be in them, but you're getting actor actors, a list people. And, and even outside of the a list, but I mean, people that are known to be really strong actors, Mm. right? You just look at the Dr. Strange cast, right? Oh yeah. Uh, What was Benedict Cumberbatch? Chiwetel Ejiofor, Tilda Swinton. Mm. You have these three people leading a superhero movie. <laughs> you know, you never would have saw that 10, 15 years ago, even uh. when the stuff was really taken off. I mean, I guess you can kind of argue it with the X-Men series, right? Because those are some big names. Yeah. Oh, Ian and absolutely. Patrick and Hallie. And he, mm-hmm. like those are, those were big names. Yeah. But, and that was kind of the, the, the start of the changing of the guard there. What came first, uh, Spider-Man or X-Men? Uh, Spider-Man. Oh, okay, because I'm trying to think, like, because would you say that Spider-Man was kind of like the beginning of 
that process from it being a from being a superhero was kind of like eh, I mean I'll do a superhero movie too. Oh man, I, I, all I want to do is superhero movies. Yeah, it was the beginning. That's why I was saying before that Spider-Man is like the change of the era. Okay, right? that that was what re- the, the resurgence of it was Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but I still don't think yet we were at that point. You know, I think the difference now is that back then, sure, you can get big name stars in it because the movies are making big money, and so you yeah. can, not only you can afford them, but you know you're looking at salaries and just the excitement of doing those kind of projects, right? But now. The difference is you're not only it's not only attractive from a a blockbuster, you know, standpoint, but it's also attractive from a character building standpoint. Right. Because now, like we were saying, we're getting into this era where they care again about the character development. Yeah. You know, and making sure all the connections work and you look at like you were saying somebody like a doctor strange right and that the growth of that character in that one film that's it's a great story oh, yeah, it's a great film yeah and you never would have gotten somebody like a doctor strange you know 15 years ago on the screen mm-hmm. oh, especially not a benedict cumberbatch especially not a benedict mm-hmm. right but you look at it now and you're like yeah of course you would get somebody like benedict to play that but you just it's just amazing to me that you see we're getting those kind of actors, right? And I, you can probably thank Robert Downey, I think, for a lot of that. Yeah. Because he really was the one that had to kind of carry it on his back and champion it and say, no, guys, we can do this. And there is some substance here. Yeah. You know, and then you really think about it, like the MCU, they started that from the jump, right? They jumped into Iron Man with Robert Downey and then that first Hulk was Edward Norton. Oh yeah. my gosh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's no, yeah. He, he is no slouch when it comes to acting. <laughs> no. You know? Who's the guy before him? Um, yeah. In the in the bad yeah, that Hulk one. movie? Eric Bana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about the Ang Lee Hulk movie. We don't. That was a good one. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. You don't start that, Tim. No. Oh, man. We do not talk about that Hulk. That bad. <laughs> yes, it was. Because what's his name? Was his dad. Uh, what's his name? I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think of it. But he's, yeah. He's, he's, done, he's done a lot. Yeah. But no, we don't talk about that movie. in that movie, but. <laughs> you know, another favorite one that I have, too, is uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And the way it was shot, of course. No, oh, yeah. The little powwows made it really comic feel. Like, I really enjoy that film. Mm-hmm. Really, I can watch that over and over. That was a great movie. Like, I, Michael Cera did a great job. Yeah. Being nerdy. It's yeah. overall, like, theme and motifs. Like, that really was a good film. Yeah. Wasn't Aubrey Plaza in that? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, she the, wasn't she the girl? I'm, I'm almost certain it was Aubrey Plaza. Wait, which girl? The girl. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winston. You know, Mary Elizabeth was was the main one, but Aubrey is in it. Oh yeah, she played uh Julie Powers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Okay. No, I just think that uh, I was looking at Ramona Flowers. Yeah, I like how they oh, just yeah. scribbled on. Like, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, they scribbled on like a piece of paper was a circle and two like little hot dog looking things. Like, oh, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That was like my favorite scene. Wait. <laughs> Oh no! How did actually, that no, make no, no. Sense? <laughs> no, the favorite scene was the intro where they're doing this pullback, and it's like an endless rug oh, couch for the intro. Mm, love that. They were really, yeah, yeah. It takes a certain kind of person, like to like see that through. It's like, 
You know, it's definitely no way conventional. Oh, Chris Evans was in it too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. Chris Evans has done so many like comic films. Fantastic Four. I still think he was a great torch. He was. I was actually going to ask which one do you think he did better in Cap or Fantastic Four? Uh, Four. Yeah, that's a four. I was going to say torch. That's why. Fantastic (laughs) Torch. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out. Yeah. Uh, I think in time, Cap became better. In time, no. Let's say the first one. If we're if we're talking first film, Captain America: First Avenger mm-hmm. versus the first Fantastic Four, I think he probably felt more suited for Torch at mm. that at that point. But I think he became Cap over the. Now you're saying decade. Avengers Cap or Captain America Cap? Wait, what? Are you looking at uh, uh, Captain America in Avengers? No, I was Avengers or when I say the first one, I'm talking about the first Avenger, that movie. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there was nothing bad about his performance, but I think as far as what just felt really natural with the character, I just think he did a really yeah, yeah, I think he did a really good job in the first Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. of what that character is supposed to be that sarcastic, playful, like cocky, like all those things. It was really reminiscent to. Ryan Reynolds, in a way, like you probably could have put either one of them in that in that kind of movie back I then, see that. and see them pulling it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it just, uh, yeah. So he just kind of evolved from it since then. I and you know, if you're talking Winter Soldier, Captain America versus his performance in mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, then I'm obviously going yeah. Cap. But yeah, for the first one, I, I I'd say I, I think he might have fit naturally at that time more into the the Johnny character. Mm, nice. Yeah. It's kind of funny mentioning Ryan uh, thinking about how great he is in Deadpool and how bad his Deadpool introduction was in the Wolverine origin movie. No. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone knew, well, everyone that knew comics knew. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Deadpool. That's Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as the actor goes, you're like, yeah, that's the guy. You got to do it. And then then when they turn him into... Uh, yeah, that I don't know how I feel. About uh, with like they literally they took his mouth away. I'm like, how do you have Deadpool with no mouth? That's <laughs> he is the mouth. He's literally the Merc with the mouth. Yeah. That's <laughs> I I don't know what they're thinking with that. Gave him two blades and just like, oh, they found a way to shut you up. <laughs> well, speaking of X two, yeah. So um, you said it was one of your favorites, right? X two. Yeah, I think of the of that era. Yeah. Okay. So that was the one where. Gene, we we see Gene go into like Phoenix, right? Like no, towards the end. Well, yeah, it implied the, at least the the final the final scene of X two is where under the the water you see the Phoenix shadow yeah, start right. to spread out. Okay, but you don't see her as the Phoenix in X two. Well, that's what you implied. Yeah, it okay. shows up in three. Yeah, wait, there's kind a, of like there's a Phoenix shadow that comes out in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! I never noticed that. My in, mind is blown. In X two, you know, she she dies, yeah. right? And then she she's falls in, in the water. And falls in the water. She's in right. The the last shot where uh, it pans over the water, and you can see the outline of the phoenix under the water. I need to rewatch that. <laughs> yeah, because I did not notice. Oh yeah. my god! That was a super foreshadow on that. That mm. that's back when they weren't even really doing those kind of foreshadows yeah. yet. A literal shadow. I need yeah. to re- actually see this. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she did a better job as Phoenix or Jean Grey? Hmm. I mean, it's Famke. She's. Hmm. I, I think she was solid through and through. Uh, I guess how they wrote her. Well, I don't think they wrote her too well on either side. <laughs> you know, because again, I feel like 
it was a disservice to the Jean Grey character to have her be so beholden to these, this love triangle, mm-hmm. you know, and this whole thing with her and Logan. That, that's one thing about the X-Men movies that I really wish they would, at some point, they just need to hand the creative control back over to Marvel because I really want them to stop doing things like those, you know, love stories or making someone's, like making a character the main focus only because the actor portraying them is so popular. Like the current Mystique mm. with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. The Mystique character is not that important to the X-Men world. She shouldn't be, you know, like growing up. up with Xavier and she yeah. shouldn't be, you know, leading the new school of X-Men when they do the flashback movie and all these things where it's just like, what? It's Mystique. Like, she is a villain. Stop trying to make it's it's it kind of goes back to what we were saying about the Will Smith dead shot. Yeah. Where it's like because of who the actor is, you're making the character something that it doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. you know, Mystique doesn't need to be likable. She doesn't need to be redeemable. She is Mystique. She She's is a bad person. Yeah. You know? And so I, I'm, I'll be glad when they get past that and trying to force feed us characters just because the actor that's playing them is super popular. You know? But, eh. <laughs> eh indeed. But, you know, that, uh, that does kind of lead us to the performance breakdown. Dun, 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 dun. For this week, alright, yeah. Have you guys noticed that we didn't say anything about like Spanish stuff? We did a good job today. <laughs> well, now we did. Now we have. No, but we didn't like misplace anything. And well, it doesn't matter. Lessons. We already lost our LA listeners last time when yeah, Tim called himself a Latina. Hey, look, like <laughs> like I said, like we're in 2018 now. It's <laughs> ambiguous. Yo, guys, we're almost done with 2018. Hey, man, I'm not ready for that. They're playing Christmas music. That's like your countdown. It's like. Okay, Thanksgiving. Do you realize when this episode comes out, it will be Thanksgiving? It will be Thanksgiving, and I will be listening to it. Hey. Our Thanksgiving. With turkey. I am eating a chicken right I'm now. I'm sorry, I'm vegan. <laughs> so, I don't have turkeys. There's vegan turkey. Tofurkey? Tofurkey. Lifeblood. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. So... Performance breakdown. <laughs> what? That's what we're talking about? Okay, guys. Gotcha. We're breaking down the performance. Poifoimans. Poifoimans. Uh, okay. So for the performance breakdown, right, we have something that's actually a little different than how we usually do because this performance lasts so much longer than a film. It's like a whole lot of films. <laughs> a whole lot of films. Right? Because we're going to talk about Hugh Jackman. And his performance of Logan slash Wolverine, right? But not just his performance in X1 or in Wolverine or even just in Logan, the more recent one, but across the timeline of all these X-Men films. I mean, at this point, he's... How many times has he played this character? Uh, I mean, over tw- almost 20 years worth. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of X-Men. Long time. I, I know that he's played the character in more films than anybody else has played a character in a superhero franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even um, his cameos in, in a couple other ones too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had that cameo in, uh, like first class. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't remember that. Did he huh? have a cameo in Deadpool? Deadpool 2. Did he have a cameo in Deadpool 2? Sure am, am I not remembering it? He did have a cameo in Deadpool 2. Can you please 
Sure. Absolutely. You're not talking so, about when it was just a little like statue sh- figure, right? <laughs> let him just oh. let him. Here it comes. You okay. guys ready? Here comes dog. Because you were probably more right about the first one than the second one because it's the mask. But I don't the know mask. The Jim Carrey wasn't in that. What are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Go ahead. When um, he's going back in time. And I hate you. <laughs> I hate because you. Because I'm right. Just to know, technic, <laughs> fuck you. Because that's, I'm right. That's why. But is it a cameo? But, no, no, day. no. But is it a cameo? It is a cameo. It's How? a definition of cameo because he's in it. Man, that yeah, uh, you are. Yeah, I mean that's a, that is a huge Jackman cameo. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not really a cameo in the like. For Logan, yeah, <laughs> right. Or for Marine, it's a Hugh Jackman cameo. So I guess technically, Tim was right. right. All right, well, Tim, since you were right, well played, and since this is actually the actor that you in episode one listed as one of your favorites, sure did. I figured I'd let you kick things off. Oh, in breaking down this actor, let's break it down. Yeah, he's got great hair. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I love how it just curves. Oh wait, no, I, know. I don't of... know what he uses, but man, I tried it. it went this is why I don't let you start things off, Tim. <laughs> you should have thought about that. <laughs> no, but you want to break it what? down? I'll break down follicle by follicle. We'll break this dude down. But no, okay, for real. Just what what are your thoughts of just the overall performance over the years of Logan from Hugh Jackman? Well, because I don't think with any character in a series, it's not necessary or even happens a lot where you actually see a developing of a character throughout series. Mm -hmm. And I think his performance as well as his character does that eloquently from the beginning of X Men to Logan, right when he dies. Right. Ooh, spoiler. But does he? You haven't seen Logan at this point. Man, you got issues. If I've seen it, you haven't seen it. (laughs) I loved him in Logan. I think that was my favorite one of him. I was just about to say, Logan was my all-time, all-time favorite Wolverine experience that you can absolutely get. Because, like, I mean, aside from the obvious where it's like there's a lot of, like, cussing and there's a lot of sorry. I was still having a Wolverine experience. (laughs) It is an experience. experience. It is not just a character. It is an experience. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But like, I mean, he, there's so many levels to this bitch that <laughs> like, you know, he's first off, he's dying, right. which is already a big, I don't even, I can't say character flaw. I'm trying to think of a better word for that. But like, you know, his whole thing throughout X-Men was he can't die. Right. You, you get shot in the head. He gets like drowns and all these things happen to him. He doesn't die. But in, and you know, Logan, he's got to portray a character that is not used to, um, having the thought of death be prevalent Mm -hmm. having that having you know now being but more so than that or i guess parallel to that he's got to care for somebody other than himself right i think those are two big no-nos which is my addiction Mm. two big no-nos that the wolverine character has all throughout x-men even x-men origins i mean um in his uh origin movies the the solo films yeah solo films yeah wow uh okay but Here's the thing. You're kind of breaking down Wolverine, the character. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on Hugh Jackman, the actor, uh, playing Wolverine. I think he's solid. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I think like... That, he, ladies and gentlemen, is in-depth <laughs> analysis from Timothy Nunez, a.k.a. T-Plane. Hey, let, let's talk about that. No, I think that Hugh Jackman is was the perfect cast or perfect character or person to play yeah. uh, Wolverine. Definitely the perfect casting choice. Yeah. You know what's funny? I think 
I think he became more perfect over time. Oh, with because his age. Not not even just with his age, even even from like a physicality standpoint, right? If the you look at the way he looks in the later films, the Logans and the First Class and Days of Future Past, mm. that is how we expect Wolverine to look always. But if you go back and look at those first three X-Men movies, he's tiny. Oh, yeah. No. He has like zero muscle mass throughout those things. And you're just like, oh, we thought he was like buff then. But mm. no, he became he, the rock. Yeah. He like put on the real Logan size, this short, stocky dude. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny that over time, like if we I would I would really love to see what it would look like to get the days of future past Hugh Jackman in X-Men one, two, and three. He'd steal the show. Right. I think he'd be so perfect for that role. Like it'd just be about him. Yeah. I mean, it kind of was then, but the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they wrote all those movies circling around Logan. They, they pretty much written every X-Men film from start to finish kind of circling around Logan sans the first class movie which you know he was only a cameo in yeah but outside of that it, he's pretty much been the focal <laughs> point of the entire franchise yeah and i have some gripes with that i don't think logan needs to be the focal point of the x-men right. for the entire thing but i i get he was the character that they chose to make be their yeah. through line he's the brute he's got to be like I, I can see why because he's that guy i mean cyclops can shoot stuff I and mean, row he Touch somebody and they're like, ooh, you know, they're all veiny and shit. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the re like Wolverine just seems like that standalone character that isn't perfect, mm -hmm. like everyone else tries to be. Yeah. He <laughs> rightfully so, like, uh, displays his imperfections and his problems. And, you know, he, he refused to be a part of X Men in the beginning, right? Didn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, I can see why he was kind of the focal point. Yeah. All right, I have a question. What makes this his performance through X? Let's not talk about Logan. Let's talk about right, just talk about X he, like yeah. Well, I'm actually talking. Oh, you mean Logan? Logan. Film, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about that. What make what makes his performance so stand out to you guys? Because I see a separation between those and Logan, and that's mm. why it makes it so stand For out. Sure. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to you know break it down and you know depict what's going on. See, I think for me, what makes what made Hugh so stand out in those in those movies and why we, we've always kind of looked at him and said he's the perfect casting choice for that mm -hmm. is he has always been really good with uh, like internalized intensity. We can see that. Yeah. Right. It's there's you can you can always see that he is struggling with something inside. And there, even before the films were showing us what Wolverine had been through, you could kind of watch the early movies and see that Hugh was giving us some of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he knew he was doing it, because I don't really know personally what his uh, knowledge of the comic book universe was. I don't know if he knew what... Wolverine had been through. Maybe he did some research. Maybe he didn't. I, I don't know. I think you can just bring that out. Yeah. I've seen in his other films as well. Yeah. Something similar, at least. It's just, it was something that I think uh, he, he just had this, he has this raw intensity to him that 
he's on screen and you just kind of want to keep your eyes on him, you know? And Logan slash Wolverine is the perfect character for that because it's that character that, you know, he walks into a bar and everybody kind of turns and looks because you're like, who is this guy? I got to keep my eyes on him. And there's something about him, right? And then something happens and claws come out of his hands and he starts <laughs> slashing people. And you're like, oh, I knew I should have kept my eye yeah, on that guy. Was a good you know? But I feel like Hugh does the same thing on screen. Mm. As soon as he comes into a scene, you kind of just watch him and you kind of just feel like I got to keep my eyes on him because something's going to happen. Yeah, you great know? casting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think that's what made him stand above the rest in, in those films. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, because maybe, maybe not above everybody. I, I I would probably argue that in the first film or in the, the first trilogy, maybe that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were kind of on the same level with him as far as the standouts mm, okay. in those films. Yeah, it's in the same level because I think um, it was everything that was nonverbal. That was his best performances. Yeah. Because every all these no, looks, these grunts, these things like that was Wolverine. Yeah, like it wasn't what he said. Like it was, it was he always spoke with his with his hands or his claws. Yeah, but like even the nuances when he like when something was going to or did like did happen, it was always what he didn't say that you could be like, oh shit, right? Like Ooh, what's gonna what is he gonna, what's like what's gonna happen? And I think that's what made the final Logan performance so uh, so special was that you were finally getting the reward for all of the years built up to that because while it may seem like a small thing the shift to that film being rated r changed a lot because now we're really getting to see the true intensity of wolverine right because i think we've even mentioned on this show before that you know anybody whose weapon that he's using are blades coming out of his hands the fact that in all the first 28 movies that he played Wolverine <laughs> and he's not killing anybody. You know what I mean? That yeah. these people are just kind of knocked out on the floor after they got hit with blades. Mm-hmm. That it, he got to a point with, with Logan where you got to see, I mean that, that first scene where he's killing the people next to the limo. Oh yeah. You know that the intensity and the rage that was able to come out of that. As if it was bottled in. It just yeah, comes out. Like layered with the, the hurt that he that you could tell of all the things that we have been watching him go through in all these films, right? The loss of Gene and all these things that we know probably shouldn't be that important to to that <laughs> Logan character, but they made it important, so we we ran with it, you know. But seeing all those things finally come to a place where they all got to get their rewards at the same time, I think that's why that Logan performance is so stand out, and why people look at that movie and think you know, it kind of transcends the genre a bit, mm. right? It's one of those few that we look at like that, you know, the like how we look at the Nolan films and we say that that's not just a superhero movie, right? Logan wasn't just a superhero film. That was a great movie that just happened to be about a superhero. A superhero. Yeah. Now, uh, would you guys argue that he is a superhero? Hero? I don't know. Super, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were saying that was coming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's an anti-hero, I guess. Uh, which is also kind of one of the reasons why I feel like Wolverine shouldn't be the main focal point of an entire X-Men <laughs> franchise because he's not really a 
He's not a hero. Like, he, he is an anti-hero, mm-hmm. right? He is. He he kind of doesn't want to do the things he's doing. No, he's a lone wolf. Yeah, yeah, and they always in the comics you always had to kind of reel him in. Yeah, <laughs> you know he would go on doing his own thing, and that I mean that we've seen a bit of that in the movies, but you know when you're talking about, I mean it would be like it would be like if in the MCU the main character we always focused on was the Hulk. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, he's not, he can't be the focal point because he's the one that wants to disappear for five years. And he's the one that's like off doing his thing and he's in hiding and he only lets out the anger when he needs to. But it's like a, it's kind of a parallel, right? In, in those two characters. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because the last thing he wants to do is actually be in a conflict or be in a right. confrontation. Mm. Right. And so imagine if we had to watch all those movies <laughs> through the lens of the Hulk, it'd yeah. be like, it's not as exciting because I want to see what the other guys are up to. Well, yeah, unless he's throwing Thor around like a ball. I mean, that yeah. may be, but yeah. Okay. I see that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Then what would you say is the, how do I put this? So excluding Logan, cause I think Logan is separate from like his other Wolverine performances. What would you say is the best movie he's been in? Ooh, excluding Logan. Yeah. Uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. Oh no! Why well, are you talking about a movie from X Men? Yeah, or in- that X Men or that Wolverine is in. Oh, I can't remember if it was X Three. Was it X Three? Oh. Can't be X Three. X Three was bad. Where he keeps jumping back and forth from uh, the memory, and he's with uh, what's his name? I think it's Days of Future Past, right? Is it? Where he's with put Sabretooth? back in the time. With oh, him and yeah. no, that's that the first one. No, no, no. Was that uh, was that the second solo Wolverine movie? I think it was the second one, which was which was called uh, I think it was called. I don't remember the names. It's either ones. called Wolverine or the Wolverine or something like that. The Wolverine. I think that's what it was. Was it? I don't even. I don't remember that. The Wolverine. What, what was, was that one? one? It was that one. Oh, okay. What was the one where he was like in Japan? That's the second one. That's the one I I think I'm talking about. Okay. Why was he in Japan? Uh, apparently some guy that he was in a war, well, yeah, in a war with, he found some way to quote unquote kill Wolverine or at least make him more human. Right. Remember at the end, he fights the, the samurai. Ass, yeah. yeah. The big robot samurai yeah. thing. Is, so is that the, the movie you're talking about? I can't remember. You don't know. No, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I just know that Sabretooth was in it and he was kind of helping him out. Like it showed their like origin. And then uh, later on, it showed him like with the memory of a past. And that's why he Yes, is, you're talking about the Wolverine. No, okay, then that one. I think, that's I, think one. I like I think that one called. because it shows him in a different emotion and why he is the way he is. So we see all that. You know what? We see I, a different aspect. I, I have not seen that one. Oh, okay. I need really? To, I need to see that one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people didn't see it because of Wolverine origin. And Wolverine Origin was so bad, and then this was technically a follow-up to that. People oh. thought, oh, I don't want to see another solo Wolverine movie. Yeah, yeah. This, just act like Wolverine Origin never happened. I just yeah. want to watch it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the Wolverine was actually really good. Okay. It really I was. Check that one. Uh, yeah, I, I probably would put that uh, up there as well. That's That would probably be top three of the films that Wolverine has been in. Yeah. But you said the first one. Like, what would be the third one? The, the other one, I, I still stick with... Uh, Days of Future Past. Oh, okay. Wait, so what was... Name Name all three? Well, did, I mean, Logan. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I thought we weren't talking about Logan. I know. That's why excluding Logan, oh, the it, other ones it, would yeah. be. Because, yeah, I would put Logan both. first, too. All right. Do, yeah. Did we say yours? No, you asked the question. Yeah, asked yeah. The question. <laughs> so now a question to you. Excluding Logan? Yeah. Since you didn't see the Wolverine. Or the one after that. Or the third X-Men. <laughs> or, or the second one. So the first one, yeah. Did the you first see one any of the <laughs> X-Men films? Have That's you? the one with the iron suit, right? And like Stop. webs, webs coming out. What is it? Deja vu? <laughs> Denzel coming out? Yeah, that was a Denzel movie. Yeah. <laughs> Got it before you did. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I don't know. He doesn't know. He hasn't seen uh, any of them. I did actually Got watch it. them. Got it. <laughs> no, I would say, honestly, I liked his first one. I would legit say like his first X-Men movie. The was, first X-Men? Yeah. It was my was favorite. was the best from the ones that you haven't seen. Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming they're not as it's, good. It's the only one he's seen. So it's his favorite. Henceforth, there, there, henceforth thereof, sense. it is my favorite. Henceforth there. Generally, before. nevertheless. <laughs> and then some. And How about no? <laughs> does, um, wait. Does the greatest showman count? As a yeah, as a Wolverine, yeah, because he at the end he he had a beard, so Tim, Tim, hey Tim, hey, hey, hey hey, Tim, you're right one, stop it. Oh yeah, let me let me have my date. Okay, never mind. Yeah, hey, hey, X Men one. Hey, hey Tim, hey, you want to be on the show next week? (laughs) (laughs) You, I'm sorry for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, oh man, Uh, yeah, I I didn't really have too much more i wanted to dive into into this performance i we just think actually it's, dove into it so yeah yeah, yeah i just think it. it's a, a really stellar you know start to finish portrayal tubular of his character and, and we really have seen start to finish if you that's very rare take them you know with everything from the origins to the end like ever we've really seen the entire evolution of this character and kind of got to watch an actor evolve in that character throughout all these years it's it's something that i don't think we've really seen that before this right we're gonna see a lot more of it now you know with these extended universe films and being able to watch robert downey over the years and being able to watch you know all, all these characters or all these actors yeah. play these characters in multiple films over these years. And, you know, at this point we've seen Robert Downey play Iron Man for over 10 years and things like that. Um, but we're, I don't think we really got that in that way before Hugh outside of, you know, like a Star Trek franchise or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that outside of those kind of franchises, we never really got to see somebody really do that that long i mean even james bond actors switch you know yeah and they it's not like you see their beginning and their end they just continue doing different things right it's just a continued story and even when we go back and do it you know the origin of it it, we still don't get all of it right which i think they're trying to do with the daniel craig i think they're trying to give us his start to finish but Mm. i just i'm not feeling it the same Uh, no yeah i I, like he's not he's not a character i really care about his beginning yeah. Like, I, I couldn't care less than to see him going through basic training or like, you know, <laughs> being like becoming... 007 in basic training is hilarious. <laughs> that should be a movie. <laughs> 007 basic training. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm sure if they made a movie, it'd be great and all that. But it's not something mm. I would care really as far as the integrity of the story. Right. I think 
Wolverine's integrative story is great to have how he kind of came to be. Like it's a lot of depth to it, but yeah, James Bond, I can do without seeing him die. However, that would be a movie I'd really want to see. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If they gave us that on screen, it'd be like killing Batman. You know, it's like, we just don't get to see something like that happen on screen. Right. Someone who's like uh, impervious to death. You see them die. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I I think we've kind of wrapped up Hugh Jackman. I'll take it. That's a wrap. No, it's not a wrap. Got to do a close up, man. Oh. Well, I meant that's a wrap from this, from the performance right now. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. All right. All right. So, keeping with the superhero theme of today for oh, Mr. Stanley. Okay. <laughs> I wish people could see what you were just doing while you did that. Oh, all right. <laughs> So for today's close-up, let's dive into... Oh, this is going to sound dirty. I was let's, just going to say, <laughs> oh, let's... let's, let's <laughs> no, let's... Uh, no, let's, let's dive into... Yes, yes. Okay. I, I, the actress we have chosen is Scarlett Johansson. So we're going to dive into her. <laughs> we're going to Trey Songs it. About to dive in. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> All right. So... Scar Jo. Scar Jo. Miss Scarlet. Who most people now pretty much only equate to Black Widow. Yeah, she's done other things. <laughs> but she not. has done other things. Believe it or not. You know? Uh, do you guys remember, like, probably most people don't, but do you, do you remember the first time that you remember seeing Scarlet in a project? Because uh, I know what um, my, the first one I remember was. Oh, so I didn't know this until about a couple seconds ago. I didn't know the name of it, but I remember the first movie I saw her in was Match Point. Mm. Yes, which uh, she is dating or having a fling with the tennis player. I'm pretty sure she's not a tennis player, but that's the scene I remember when mm. they were playing tennis. And I think it's an affair and she ends up getting murdered by him. Ooh. It is a great movie Person. and she is in it. Hmm. Yeah, She is in it. Which is funny because I think in The Prestige, she also... Is not not technically having an affair, but yeah. she's she's kind of like the homewrecker. Mm-hmm. She's so, a homie hopper. Yeah. <laughs> so two movies, homie homie hopper. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a technical term for it back then. Let's go to playing term. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first movie I. Well, that's the last one I remember. In. The first one that I really recall seeing her in. Uh-huh. It is the legendary, <gasps> iconic. Masterful film. Bum, bum, bum. Eight legged freaks. Eight legged freaks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my I god. I would say that movie is one you would. <laughs> Wait, when did that come out? Eight legged oh, freaks. Shit, like 2008? No, 2002. <laughs> and when did Match Point come out? Because 2005. Uh, okay. Damn. Yeah. I I remember watching part of it. And I was like, eh, no. Yeah. Uh, no. Because when you watch Eight Legged Freaks, she's yeah. still like a young teen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she was in that. Is that not that. the greatest movie of all time? No. Well, yeah, because it got a Teen Choice Award, right? <laughs> Did it? Yeah. If you get slimed, that's the best movie ever. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's basically what it means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, did you never? You never saw Lost in Translation? Nope. Nah. Didn't. Nah, nah, I didn't see it. Because that was actually right after Eight Legged Freaks. So. Oh no, I didn't <laughs> I think it might have been like, like the next year. Okay. Because I was going to say the Prestige was the first time I saw her. Wait, you're uh, okay, then you're right. Then when was um, Match Point? Match Point was like 05. Okay, so she, whoa, she was in both? Because Prestige came out in 05. 
Prestige was 06. Oh, okay. Damn, so, yeah, so match point. So, yeah, back to match back. To back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she had uh, a great few years in like the mid aughts. Okay. Yeah, she, she, she went on a, a nice little run. Uh, we eight legged freaks is probably the best one of them, but like, well, I mean, clearly, it's just it it really transcends genres and yeah. just cinema in general. It is probably the greatest start to finish cinematic experience of all time. I believe in a bio series they were saying how that made her career. Yeah, eight legged freaks. Yeah, it was. Uh, like they attribute that to her success. I think uh, I think David Arquette won a Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Okay, I can't keep going on with that. <laughs> but it is part of her archival history of movie yeah. magic. So, did you guys ever see the island? I no, I heard about it. It was it was all right. It was she, it was the greatest. She, yeah, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, you know what movie? Um, uh, again, aside from you know the Marvel mm-hmm. movies that she was most I remember her most in what. Lucy. Oh, geez. Not saying it was good. That's just most uh, memorable. I knew that at some point in this conversation, we were going to have to get to Lucy. I was hoping. I want to get out of the way. Let's get it out of the way then. Okay. Let's, first of all, first of all, that movie is so bad. And I know that it was only, it, it only really was off of the hype of her recently being in, you know, the Avenger films and people were looking forward to that. And wasn't that, wasn't it, wasn't that Luke Besson? Um, I wasn't going to say him, but uh, the the scientist Morgan Freeman. Yes, Morgan Freeman was in. Well, it. see, the no, you but guys I, think this is a bad movie because you're not using 100 percent of your brain. Oh, that's <laughs> why. So you know what? I'm using I, like I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to have to disagree. Oh, so because Henry's using 100. percent I am using 100 percent of nothing. But oh. yes. No, it was. It was Luke Besson. He was the writer director of that. Same, same. <laughs> uh, Tim, this is why you would love it. Obviously, uh, Luke Besson. You know, Fifth Element. Man, no wonder why I love this movie so much. God, there's some things that shouldn't be out there. Oh man, yeah, no, I was, I, I was extremely disappointed in that film. And I'm, yeah, yeah let's, element, let's, let's just move past. So Lucy's out of the way. Let's move past Lucy because that's not no. God. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so before we even just you know do like a rundown of every movie she's been in, what do you guys like about, or what do you think about Scarlett as an actress? She wears uh, many hats, very versatile. So <clears throat> as far as uh, we see her in, uh, being action-based in the mm-hmm. superhero movies, when I go back to like the Prestige mm-hmm. or Matchpoint, she really knows how to play a character that is, um, I guess, the, like I said, the, the, the homewrecker. Mm. You know, so she can really dive into that role and actually feel empathy at the same time, feel like she's being wrong, like she's the victim. Hmm. Yeah. And then if you watch her movies now and then watch it back then, I don't think you would be able to see all that. Hmm. I think she's not used to her fullest. What? I think that she's always playing this like sensual character that always gets in between usually two other guy characters, Mm -hmm. even in the Marvel movies. Right. I, I think it's just such a played out role that she has. I think that no one's really given her the shot to do more than that. Do you hmm. think it's because of her physical, you know, genetic I think abilities? It's widely because of her physical genetic dispositions. <laughs> <laughs> Plurals. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when she's doing other things besides being the, the vixen, I think she still does a great job. And I think that happens a lot. It doesn't happen a lot, but you know, it's funny. I, 
I think I actually, I think I kind of disagree with both of you. Mm. Because In what way? so, I think I disagree with Henry in the fact that I don't think that she shows off as many different layers as you, as you think. Mm -hmm. And I think I disagree with Tim because while I agree that in what you're saying that she pretty much just plays like the sensual vixen role, I actually think that's her strength. And I, and I think, I think that it's more impressive of what she's able to do with those roles than your comment gave her credit for. Cause I, under- I, okay. I understand what you're saying about how it feels like, Oh, you got the sexy woman playing the sexy role and it doesn't feel like there's too much to that. And, and in a way, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a trope at times, but I think, I think she's really talented in, in romanticizing a character, right? And I don't yeah. think I don't think that everything that she's able to bring to these characters is always on paper. And I, I I actually think that a lot of people that try to romanticize a character like that or or really try to be seductive on screen are really that successful at it. You know? And so I I'm agreeing and disagreeing with you, I guess, in the fact that like I, I agree that that is pretty much all she does, mm-hmm. but I think that it's impressive the way she's able to do it. So let me get this right. You, let me get this straight. You, so you're saying that even though like when a movie gives a character this, okay, your role in this is eye candy. That's it. You think that uh, Scarlet gives more than that, but at the same time, that. Yeah. Because she can give that eye candy as well as like the physical and like the sensual appearances and all that, but she can give more than that, which is why she keeps getting these roles. Yeah. I think she, I think there's more going on internally with her, even when it feels like on the surface, all she's playing is, you know, a seductress. Yeah. Right. I think about, uh, think about her compared to someone like a Megan Fox. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you know what I mean? She did transformers. Like it was just, it's just plainly, She's just the girl that you know everyone wants, and she knows it. But yeah, I don't think Scarlett Johansson should have played that role because she would have done better than that. And I don't think that role called for that. Right. And and yeah. And so what I'm saying is, I I think while both of them are pretty much known for just playing the you know seduction characters, right? One of them has a little more substance behind it. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that. There is a, I think, I I think there's a true talent to not only seducing the other character, but seducing the audience. Mm. And that doesn't really get talked about often. And I mean, usually I think there's a big difference between playing sexy and actually seducing the audience. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean just like turning the guys on in the crowd. You know, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean just like being hot and, you know, whatever. Base or instinct. Yeah. Like it's I I don't I mean, outside of like that primal thing. I mean, like actually. It's what she does on screen to me is uh, it's actually a lot more detail oriented than I think you may give it credit for. Because I think that she pulls you in. 
You know, the, a lot of times when you're watching somebody be a, a seductress or a vixen or whatever it is, play that sexy character, right? They're what they're doing is on display, mm. right? And so it's just there for you to sit and watch. It's it's a window shopping experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I think when Scarlet does it, she's not just saying, I'm sexy, look at me. She's saying, hey, come here. You know what I mean? Well, come okay. through the window. That being said, <laughs> uh, her being in the MCU, then what would be her strength and weaknesses? Then? Let's not even talk about Iron Man 2. So let's just talk about Avengers. Mm-hmm. So what do you think her strengths and her weaknesses are? As an actress? Or are you talking a, about the character of Black Widow? The char- as an actress. As an actress playing Black Widow. I think uh, for Scarlet, yeah. I think for Scarlet, that's why it's such a good choice because Black Widow needs to be a seductress, right? Yeah. Manipulative. Natasha needs to be, yeah, she uses her seduction to get the upper hand on people, mm-hmm. right? Because she's not one of the people in this world that has superpowers. She's just extremely talented in what she does and obviously with combat and things like that. But that's why she's in espionage, you know? She uses all of her natural abilities to get her way. And I think that's a bit of what Scarlet does as an actress, right? She, she is aware of the box that she's put in as far as just what people say about a physical thing, whether yeah. you find her attractive or not is irrelevant because that's the box she's in. Right. But I don't think she lets that box limit her the way that some other people that get stuck in that vixen box do. Um, and that's why you're able to see her do films like, you know, the other Bolin girl or Vicky Cristina Barcelona, you know, mm-hmm. or those kind of lost in translation, right? Those movies where it actually does take a little more. And there are some some more layers to that onion when you start peeling back. Right. But the seduction thing is almost like just the way to draw you in. Wait, didn't she play some like babysitter role or something with a kid? Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah, I, I forgot. Babysitter. Yeah, it was. Maybe I'm just throwing that out there, but it's. I don't remember. Yeah, something. But that was kid. one of her younger roles, right? I think so. I can't remember. She has like a red dress and like some hat, birthday hat, and she's a little <laughs> kid. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. You're really Specific. descriptive. Because <laughs> <laughs> cool, like, I was, yeah, like he's on, I was like, scrolling down and I saw the poster. That's why. I don't know. Yeah. Something, but speaking to her, uh, I guess <laughs> seduction abilities, right? Uh, you know, one place where I think that's on display very well, and it's one that kind of gets overlooked. Did you guys see the movie Her? No, I didn't see it. You didn't see Her? I heard so much about Get it. Out of Tim. I know. I heard it was a really good movie. Henry. I'm still looking for that. Nanny Diaries. Chris <laughs> Evans. Sorry, guys. A nanny. Yeah. So. I wish that was my nanny. Was there something you were going to say about the nanny diaries? Oh, no, I'm saying, were you I just... don't think that was a, uh, I don't think that oh. would fall into like the whole seductive role thing, but I didn't see the movie because I saw, you know, but then I saw Chris Evans in it. So I'm pretty sure it was another seductive role. Right. So I was probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, did you see her? Uh, which one was that one again? So the, no. the one called her. <laughs> what, was, what was the premise? What was the premise? It was like Joaquin Phoenix. He basically falls in love with like Siri. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Damn it. And so, yeah, you know, in that she, know she's she's voicing the 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 AI, mm-hmm. the yeah. artificial intelligence, right? And you only hear her mm-hmm. the entire movie. You never see her. Mm. And 
I think is I personally I think it's super impressive that she is still able to get all of her uh all of her like most Im- important qualities out in just a voiceover performance. Can you it, elaborate on the y- qualities? Right, cuz it feels uh like everything from the seduction element, right, to just the a, a bit of that girl next doorness there like there's she somehow can feel both innocent and in control at the same time mm-hmm. you know and you see that a lot through through her roles i think that's one thing she does really well is commanding a moment even when the character is almost trying to be overlooked she's still very commanding of that moment in time well it seems like that's uh kind of like her main strength then so if you take the whole seduction mm-hmm. aspect out what does she have well i was actually going to say too and that what jeff we just said about her really reminded me that she was in another role where she was not the seductress birds not birds actually sing. yeah i was just about to say sing yeah and my god she's got a great voice i had mm. no idea like she could sing really well but no she played a character that had nothing to do with seducing anybody but she still you know owned that character Mm -hmm. it was it was i think it was a hedgehog uh, something like that but um like this like this angsty rock and roll girl and like Mm -hmm. i I think she did a great job and it had nothing to do with seduction and nothing to do with like anything but like just being that character yeah she did a great job at it yeah well that answers my question might not be in the same depths as her but like still did a great job at it yeah but I would like to go back to what you were asking, Henry. So basically you're asking, what does she have if, if you take away seduction? Mm-hmm. See, I think she still has a lot. I, I, I personally, I think she still is. Uh, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think that she's been given the right role. All, like, yeah, I, right I don't role, think she's, I don't think she has, you know, a resume full of roles that require everything but seduction right yeah. so it's hard to look back through her list of films and say well there was this example and this example yeah. and that right but as an actor i what i see in that seduction thing and i think this is why i personally see it as more of a, a talent than maybe a lot of people would call it mm-hmm. because what i see is an actor that knows how to connect to another person, right? They, they know how to create this synergy between two people. I agree. And she, I think she's not only talented at creating that connection with the other actor or the other person on screen with her, but like I was saying, she also can do it with the audience in a way where you don't even realize it's happening to you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think she has very good command of the camera and so if she was given the right roles that had nothing to do with that kind of, you know, that had nothing to do with her physical presence, yeah. right? Or, or that kind of seduction ability, I think she could still command the screen and command the camera and create those connections the same way to, and, and just as potent, but just without having to do anything as far as sexuality. So you 
as an actor, you can see with the whole, uh, well, I was going to say sensual, wow, seductive role, you can see beyond that and see what she's able to offer mm-hmm. and what others can't. Yeah. Okay. See, because us not being actors, we don't see all that. So that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Because, and, and that's the thing, right? You you think about that. And that's why I use the Megan Fox example, right? Because she's another person that is seen as someone that's just thrown on screen as eye candy. That's what they say, Right. And again, whether you find the person attractive or not is irrelevant because that's the box they're being used to fill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, at least not from what I've seen, I, I've, I haven't seen those layers behind what Megan Fox does the same way I see them behind what Scarlett does. And so while sure, she may get thrown in that box all the time, I don't think that it is a limit to her ability I just think it's a limit to the roles that are being written that she's being thrown into, right? Because that would be like saying, you know, the the person that only plays really good villains saying that their only ability is being a villain, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that her only ability is being a seductress or a vixen, but I think she's very good at it. And I think that it is more of a talent than on screen than people give it credit for. Do you think there's a role that you would want to see her in that she hasn't already played? Hmm. Kind of like if you had a dream cast, you have to, you have to be like, Oh, I see Scarlet for this. You know what I would like to see her play? I would guys don't get nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, guys at home, not guys here. We're, we're all just, we're just, professionals. Yeah. Uh, I would actually like to see her play a role where she's playing a character that's ill, like hospital bedridden ill or like wheelchair Mm. ill, you know? Yeah. Something where, again, the, the physicality of it gets to be taken out of the equation because it's not as important anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it has to be, that kind of role, it's still going to be about the connection she makes with the other person, yes. right? Um, but I think we'll still see the strength of the connection she makes without it needing to rely on the seduction aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. I don't, um, for the dream script that it's, it's, I'm making up in my head, right? That character is not trying to seduce someone, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not trying to romanticize the moment. They're just trying to connect with the person. Right. Got it. And I, that, I would like to see her in a role like that, because I think I, I think it will probably be pretty standout in in what I know her to be able to bring to the connections on screen. OK, so do you think in uh, Lucy? I know. I'm sorry, guys. What, Going back what to, movie? I know. I know. Uh, well, as a I love Lucy, say it, like with Desi Arnaz. Oh, Lucy Ball. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna get into that. But anyway, I don't know. Like, if she's in Lucy, I love Lucy. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> she ages well. Yeah, real well. <laughs> okay, so uh, she was. Uh, she wasn't ill, but she was going through like the whole surgery thing in Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I can see like, okay, if some people at home are listening, it's like, okay, well, she kind of played that already. So let's say. Would, but actually, no, but did just, she? I mean, no, that was like did. a half a scene. That's right? why. That's why. So it being written out or it being written the way it is. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was just bad writing? Lucy? Yeah. Well, for that scene, like if they gave her a longer uh, scene where she was ill, do you think she would be able to bring that out? Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't think she. Here's the thing. I don't think she performed anything poorly in Lucy. Mm. 
I just don't think Lucy was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't think the story was developed too well and so on. Right, yeah. a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of plot holes and there were things where you're just like, well, what? That's just that make sense. Again, what? like I said, you guys aren't using 100% of your brains. So I know yeah, I wasn't. Go uh, train with dolphins. <laughs> yeah, if I was 100% of my brain, I wouldn't have seen that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have went back and watched uh, watched Don John again. <laughs> Don John. <laughs> oh yes. The, okay, that sounds familiar. Yes, movie? that sounded familiar. I'm like, you're right. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. That Ooh, movie. I have to rewatch it. I, it's very vague to me right now. I don't know what. <laughs> How do you start on that movie? Never mind. I remember it now. <laughs> yes, the, the one where she played. Yeah, what accent was she? Was like a, I think it was supposed to be like Jersey or something. Was it like a North Pennsylvanian, yeah. or something like that. Something. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, that movie. Just start to finish. I I don't really know what the intention was with that movie. I don't even know if I even like not even commenting on whether it was good or bad. I just don't know what the what we were supposed to get from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know. <laughs> it had funny moments. It had, yeah. like, you know, it, it, funny moments, and that's about it. Yeah, it was It was an interesting film. <laughs> that's for sure. Very situational. Yeah. Great choice. That's the words. <laughs> but she... <laughs> situational. Interesting. I did not find it interesting at all. It's just a situational. Yes. Uh, like situation, like I'm falling asleep. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a situation, all right. All yeah, right. but I mean, like... It, it, I think that was more of one of her roles where it was very like, we know what you're here for. Right. And yeah, I mean, that was literally written for her to just be. Yep. Her, the, the sex pot. I mean, that scene in the hallway where they're up against uh, his apartment door. Where it's like yeah, the one scene everyone was posting at the time. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what do you guys think about the. Uh, the upcoming Black Widow movie? Do we uh, not not we not the three of us, but we the people? Do we care about we a Black Widow people. movie? No, uh, <laughs> I'm just, no, I, I don't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Henry, do mm, we care? No, nah, I don't think we do. We don't care. No, I don't know. Doesn't need it. <sighs> okay, okay. Wait, I agree we get, with you we, there. We don't need it. I don't know if I'd say I don't care. I don't care. And that was because you want to see that whole just. Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, Origin, and because we kind of almost we've seen a, bits and pieces yeah, of that Origin. So that's, that's, why why. Like, that's why I feel like I agree with him. Like we don't need it. Do we want it? Yeah, that's a different. Here's question. the thing for me and what I'd want in a Black Widow movie. I wouldn't want her Origin at all. I just want to see her out doing like I want to see a spy movie with the Black Widow. Uh, okay, well, when you say spy, are you trying to say like a female James Bond, or are you trying to say like sure? Okay, because I mean, like, because when you say origin, I'm thinking how she became to be. Not right. I don't a want Black that. Widow movie. I don't care about her origin because you know that's what the movie's gonna be about. I'm sure they're gonna have a bunch of stuff that dives into it, but I don't. I personally, her as a kid, I don't, yeah, I, I don't care about the when she was a ballerina. I don't care about the Russian school. <laughs> I want to see her dancing. I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. I want to see Black Widow being the person that they keep alluding to her being. Which is this amazing espionage spy? Yeah, that's what they, that's the thing about it. they allude to it so much as if they repraise it, right? And, like, but you have to because that's I mean that's another reason why she again is the only person outside of uh, Iron Man. No, uh, 
Hawkeye. Right? Oh, she's the only one in the group that has no powers, but still is able powers? to fight. Well, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, his suit. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, he puts him on the same playing field, right? She's she's the <laughs> only one. Even Hawkeye at least has that almost superhuman ability with the bow and arrow, right? Yeah. The heightened accuracy. Yeah, and she doesn't have any of that, and she's still able to stand in the fight with these guys, right? Yeah. So Pull her she has to be that person but we just haven't been able to see why she's that yet why is she so valuable to shield why is she shields number one agent you know yeah i think they're really treading on like murky waters because they have to really pull off why she's so good yeah like if it's anything short of spectacular like what she pulls off in a single movie like as far as like you know uh whatever like whatever i guess mission she has mm-hmm. if it's not up to a superhuman standard to be able to pull off i I don't think they're doing it justice. But you, then. but you see, that's the thing that I think is going to end up messing up that film. Because yeah. for me personally, I would rather see a Black Widow movie that has nothing to do with people with powers. Yeah. Mm, see, and I was going to say I would want to see her with Hawkeye. Yeah. I, okay. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her with Hawkeye. But again, that's right. They don't have powers, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Well, where do you see this taking place? Like pre Avengers two post. No, I'd want it to be now. Whatever present. happens after wherever it comes out, I'd want it to be then. So okay. after, so after the last Avengers movie. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously going to come out after the next one, right? They're only in pre production now. So okay. whenever it releases, I'm hoping well, that I'll it falls that present place that point in the timeline of the MCU. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So that should be interesting. post Thanos, post all that stuff. I would like to see that if it gets to, you know, because I, I don't really want to go back to before she met Captain America or, you yeah, know, like, yeah. I don't I don't care about the doing that jump. We're going to get that jump in the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Right. Of jumping back to the 80s and then seeing her come back into the current timeline. Black Widow, just send her off on a mission when there are no supervillains around yeah, that would be and cool. let me watch that. That'd be yeah. really cool. To see <laughs> you know what I mean? Thing. Yeah. Just show me the, like you said, the, show me the female 007, like show me like a, uh, that Angelina Jolie movie salt. Oh, yeah. Like show oh, yeah. me that, you know, just, That'd be cool. yeah. Just give oh, me that standalone. Get into that one. Spy movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, or, or like that movie Haywire with uh, Gina Carano. Yeah, like, yeah. Give me, give me one of those with just black widow. Yeah. I, honestly, I think the only thing that stands to hurt that is I don't always believe Scarlet too much in some of the fights. Oh, that she can take on like what were the the first? Okay, that, that first Avengers movie where all those like crazy robots from outer space come in. Mm-hmm. I don't think she could beat them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's a real thing. Yeah, and, and no, and for me, it's not. It's not about. I, I don't mean that. I don't believe in the physicality of black widow yeah i mean actual scarlett johansson selling some of the fights what do you mean right like i feel like i feel like it's not her it's her double doing it well when it's a double it's fine Mm -hmm. right but we're getting to a point now in these films where you kind of need to stay on their face longer than you (laughs) used to right so that means it needs to be the actor more often than it used to be Right. You you can't mask it as much. Yeah. And so like she could get better at it. But for me, it doesn't look as good when she's shadowing a punch and, you know, oh, OK, you get what I'm That's saying? What like, I don't like, of it. Yeah, I don't actually 
I feel like that's one of the only flaws that she has in that universe is as, as the actress is that I don't think she's that strong in selling the fight scenes. Okay. Um, the parts that she's in. The parts that she's in, right? Yeah. Not the double, not not the character. I just mean Scarlet as an actress. Oh, Wait, okay. Then do you think that has to do with the fight choreography or uh, her stuff? No, I, Lucy, she did a lot better. I feel like she made more. It, it was the contacts were more believable. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're the right. contacts were believable. No, I'm also trying to think about the fight scenes in Lucy, though. Because right, a lot of it was, I don't want to say CG because of her powers, quote unquote. No, I mean physical contact. Did you, guys, did you guys ever watch Ghost in the Shell? No, I was going to bring no. that up. See, I didn't either. I, I was boycotting it because of the whole like Asian thing. <laughs> She's not. Oh, because oh, okay. it was it should have been an Asian <laughs> actress. And yeah. they went yeah, with the whole, the whole thing is based around a Japanese uh, uh, manga, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that was a whole thing where and, and I was totally on board with the stop creating <laughs> movies, finally putting on the big screen movies for all these other cultures and then making them all white again. <laughs> like huh. I was all on board with that. So I boycotted the movie. I didn't watch it. Uh, okay. But I was just curious if you guys had, cause I was curious if her action scenes got better in that. I do think she's getting better over time, but I don't think it's as, uh, right. Like we talked about Keanu. Yeah. Right. Like you watch Keanu's action scenes now and you're like, yo, Keanu really trained hard and you can see he like, it, he looks authentic in that. Mm. I don't think I have the same feeling when I watch Scarlet in the action scenes. I mean, I can see that. It's course. not that she can't get there, but I mean, some people are just not going to be the greatest at selling a fight. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, just a, yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. Just, like not everybody can dance. Not everybody can sell a fight scene. It's just, there are certain physical things and not everybody's going to be the greatest at, and she doesn't have to be the greatest. That's what stunt doubles are for. But I do think for a standalone film, I would hope that I would see her face more. in those fights more often than not her back. We would need to in you know the Captain America movie, right? Right? right. Or is it just going to be a lot of cuts that we don't really like, right? You know, and so that that's what I worry about. Um, but hopefully, it's the kind of fights where it can still be sold well, right? You mm-hmm. think about the fights she had in Iron Man Two. Where we first saw her, I was going to bring that up too. We we first really saw her come through as Natasha, as you know, as mm-hmm. Black Widow, and in, in the in that white hallway where she like does the like Hurricane Rana flip from the guy's neck and like <laughs> yeah. all that, like that looked fine, right? You know, and I know it was an earlier one, and but it, and it was also a double, right? But they were yeah. able to mask it in a way because of the hair and everything. But now her hair is shorter. She doesn't have as much of that. Like, <laughs> you don't have much to work with. You can't really block your face as much because it's blonde hair and it's, you know, a bob. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just, that that's my biggest worry with the Black Widow movie is that uh, it's not going to. Yeah, I'm curious it to see won't how hold it up holds out. Yeah. With the action. But I think if they don't fall into the origin trap, I think it could be pretty solid. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I, I think what I think could be really great about it because this is what I love about the MCU uh, as opposed to say, even maybe like the DCEU is that the MCU maybe sans the last few movies has generally been really good at giving each film its own genre and letting it live in its genre. Yeah. Right. You know, you had, that's, that's like the original Thor is sci-fi fantasy right the captain america winter soldier it's a action spy thriller Mm -hmm. you know you have 
Ant-Man, which was like a, uh, comedy. a comedy caper. Like, you know, if, if each film gets to live in its own thing and then when they all come together, they combine into this other thing. Yeah. Right. So I would be, it would be really cool to see the Black Widow film branch the MCU into a genre they haven't really done yet. They've kind of treaded there with Captain America because the Winter Soldier was very action spy thriller-ish, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to go true, just, you know, superpowers aside, you know, just spy thriller. Yeah, like, I, I like think sci-fi it could, at all. Yeah, I think it could be a really good lane for them that they haven't really treaded into yet. Yeah. So yeah. her, so her standalone movie could be really good then. It, it could be, it could yeah. open them up to a whole new world of things, you know, and the, the agents of shield show is pretty good. And that kind of lives in that world. Okay. You know, but it would just be a more serious take on that. Right. The agents of shield was on ABC. So it's a little more family friendly. Um, but to do it in a, a film, you know, you can get a little darker and, giving her her own space where she doesn't have to now bounce off a cap and bounce off a Hulk. And, you know, yeah, I think it could be really cool. And that, that's, that's one thing I, I just really love that the MCU is able to do that and keep their films in their own genres. I mean, you look at the genre of Dr. Strange, right? That is nowhere near guardians of the galaxy, Oh right? no, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're not trying to make everything the same. And that's why I said the DC universe, because they try to make everything the same so far. Mm-hmm. I think they're now getting to the point where they're realizing, oh, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> We're a little variety. Hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's also why I personally I like the first Thor more than Ragnarok, and everybody loves Ragnarok. But I, eh. I don't. Ragnarok was like more comedy. Yeah, it, they they took the success of Guardians and said we're going to apply that to Thor. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was fine. It was funny, right? But personally, I like Thor in the first movies mm-hmm. realm yeah. the, that kind of sci-fi fantasy futuristic thing you know uh but yeah all right so wow we actually did a close-up like an actual whoa like, we've done close-ups no, right? I, like mean, I mean like not we've like actually this. like dug down yeah. it's a milestone right. four, man dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a is that it for scar joe are we we piecing out on 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 that I think we covered a lot. I mean, yeah. there's there's not really too much more to cover as far as roles and 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 this and that. Mm. I mean, she has, she did start at a young age. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah, I mean, she's been in the game. We should do an episode about uh, child actors. I'd like to the the in the, the next generation of stars. God, the next generation. Oof, <laughs> be a wild one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're I think we're good to wrap out of this one. You guys, you guys want to get out of here, and we're gonna me and Henry are gonna go watch Widows and make yeah. Tim mad. Yeah, I'll be kind of mad. I'll be a little, <laughs> little salty. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see what you did. Wait, uh, no, I don't. No, you don't see it. Uh, no, no, sc- no, nope. nope. no. That's why. Nope. <laughs> that's why. I was about to. <laughs> that was Angelina Jolie. Yep. You got and, that wrong. And they're not the same person. They're not the same. person. Oh, look, you almost made it through the whole episode. Without Almost. mixing people God up, damn and you it. just did. Well, I had wow. my day already. I had my day. All right, all right. No, no. Well, salt was still good. Oh, Consistency, gosh. continuity is key. Yeah. Lucy salty. Lucy salty. Jeez. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys go watch Widows. Yeah. Uh, I gotta finish my homework first. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. On behalf of myself. Jeff, J Boat. No, yes, we doing this. On behalf of myself (laughs) and Henry and Tim, 
That's a wrap. We out. <laughs> Excelsior! Cut! That's a cut. I have never seen an episode of Spongebob. Really? And you're asking Not a me if I know? Oh of my god. How? Wow. There's so many memes. Not even the one with the pizza? I- I don't Krusty know what the Krusty Krab pizza? pizza is. See, this should have been recorded. I've never. This needs to, the, the world Krusty needs to know. Krusty pizza is the pizza for you and. Take it, Tim. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's I'm so glad I've never seen that show. Whoa. <laughs>